0: Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 104. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have the other host on the line uh, tonight with me and, and he's the only one here in Cracker. How's it going mate? Good thanks buddy. How are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, just a bit of a warning for all, all the listeners out there. It's blowing a gale at my house at the moment, which means that any second a tree could take out my power. So <laughs> if this episode ends up a bit weird or a little bit late, that's why. Just just in case yeah, it, it gets weird.
1: It's it's just shorty doing the intro and then forty minutes of me running solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the listeners probably actually prefer that cracker. No, no. Uh, don't that, that's don't not put true ideas in their head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might start getting requests. No, I, think, no, no, I, don't I know Chewie's do done a few solo episodes. Maybe it's time that you do some. Nah,
1: I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I like talking to my mates. That was the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that we just talked <laughs> rubbish about magic, so we should just hit record, right? Pretty much. yeah. That's, if that's I'm just talking goes. to myself, I'm just a lunatic. <laughs>
0: You should try doing what I had to do that one time and re-recording all your own audio individually. That's, uh, that's how you sound like a lunatic. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, a few things to get to, to uh, tonight uh, may not be the longest episode. We've uh, both, <laughs> both Cracker and I, full disclosure, have not been playing a great deal of magic in the past couple of weeks. We've both been extremely busy with things going on in our lives. But uh, we certainly still keep our fingers on the pulse so we know what's going on and, uh, yeah, a couple of topics to talk about. So, before we get into that,
1: Cracker, do you want to tell everyone about our awesome sponsors? Love to. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar sponsor the Magic Beans podcast and the Magic Beans tournament series. And, mate, with the Envy looming, you put up the prize slide to the beans. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These guys are insane <laughs> with the sponsorship this year. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. So, look, they uh, Josh and Pat's run a Facebook Magic card auction site. They have nightly auctions, and you can just go and throw bids on. And there's heaps of cards. There's usually like 150 to 200 different individual auctions each night. They're not all mega bucks. You can pick up a card for, you know, a dollar or two. You can just find, like, a sweet foil for your commander deck that's less like- a common land but you're like hey you know like i want a foil battlefield forge shorty just for you right (laughs) why not (laughs) and you can find stuff like that or you can go like on the weekends they have their premium auctions and you can get like original jewel lands and you know crazy judge promo foils and all that sort of stuff so go check them out and when you win an auction let them know the bean center so they can keep giving us sweet prizes for you guys to win yep so uh yeah uh,
0: circle, I guess is, is the way to put it. You, uh, you know, you you support us by supporting Josh and Pats, so and then they just give us more stuff to give back to you. So <laughs> everyone's helping everyone. It's, it's beautiful. it's the way it goes. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you, you did mention the Envy prizes. So I, I will be probably tonight after we record this podcast, I will be sharing that with the invitational Oof. players. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the prize is quite large. And then, uh, maybe tomorrow or over the weekend, we might make that public. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's bigger than we thought, which is bigger than we thought it was going to be already. So, yeah, <laughs> very cool. So keep an eye out for that. All right. So, speaking of uh, of big things, I guess this is probably the biggest thing possible in uh, in Magic, which is Worlds, the the World Championship. We had uh, to call it an op, an organized play announcement, is a very far stretch uh, it was an announcement <laughs> about some some organized play
1: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: but yeah it was it wasn't really uh, too much so we, we had an announcement this week about worlds for next year just basically confirming that next year there will be a world championships which is good to hear it's it's worlds is one of those events that even if you're not really into magic you could get behind watching a world championship of something it's you know it's you you know that a world championship is showcasing the best players in the world and it's going to be the best play that that you're going to see anywhere and it's usually going to be a big event and all that sort of stuff so very good to hear that they're they're bringing worlds back next year
1: Uh, We've got some vague details, Cracker. How how many people are are happening this time or playing this time? time. They're going to have 32 players up from 16. So, they have doubled it. And look, they're they're kind of alluding to the fact that they really- They're saying, we want this to be a a celebration of global competitive play. (laughs) But they want to run it in person. So, you know, as more and more places have, you know, higher vaccination rates and, and less restrictions or, you know, they have- more restrictions around how you attend events you know i think that they would love to be able to do uh you know a large in paper in person paper event next year and you know we've only just come out of worlds in the last few weeks so uh you know it's it's basically 12 months away so they, they're giving themselves a pretty good window to do this but you know they're also holding it open to the fact that it might be another arena event so
0: yeah yeah, who, who knows where the world will be at in twelve months' time? I know about this time last year we were in a similar boat to where we are right now. I think, hey, yeah, you know, restrictions know. have eased. We're out of lockdown, and you know we get to catch up over Christmas, all that sort of thing, and then uh, <laughs> look at the year that we had. <laughs>
1: so, Pass. I'd rather. Who, not. who
0: knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, can't can't wait for next year to come along. It's apparently yeah. first of first of January, everything changes. It's it's going to be much better. Definitely, though. it's totally how yeah. that works. Yes, exactly.
1: Uh, th- they also confirmed. For whatever reason, they've got the pro league and the rivals leagues back again, but there's no leagues, there's no league events, right? They're just playing no. in the the set championships. Yeah, so they, we, sp- I think we spoke about this uh, quite
0: a while ago now. Basically, when they announced that the MPL and rivals was going to be ending, they said they were honouring the contracts for the players yeah. who had earned them for next year, so that they're mm-hmm. they're they're still getting their like 50 grand I think it is for an MPL player and I think like 20 or 25 grand or something like that for um, their rivals, rivals players or maybe more I can't can't even remember what it is now but there was no actual league component to that so they're not playing yeah. the you know the weekly events and, and all that sort of thing that they're doing so I guess it's a huge plus for the players because they get all the money and don't have the stress of having to play in weekly events but Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of is what it is. So, how are people qualifying for this world championship?
1: So, it's a bit of an interesting structure, actually. We were just looking at that, and it's the top six from each of the set championships. So, we've got the upcoming Inner Championship, then there's going to be Neon Dynasty, New Capenna, and then they haven't announced what the set are. Oh, it'll be the Brothers' War. Yeah, right? yeah that's, that's the, the Brothers' War the, and the one, the one, after, the one after, that. after that. Yep, whatever that was. So, it, it'll be the, the top six will auto qualify. And then, you know, like there's uh, Yuta Takahashi, who's auto qualified from, from winning last year. And then it's a points basis. So, it's like the old pro point system for every match you win in those set championship events, you'll get a point towards the um, world's qualifying points. I don't know why they're bothering calling them different things, but, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> there's always and a then name for something. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh and so the people who finish in the, the top eight, but not the top six, get like four bonus points each. So look, it's it's a results based thing, which is cool, right? It it, it, yeah. it encourages and rewards consistent play over the year, which is what Worlds was always about. So I'm yeah. I'm happy to see that kind of approaching in.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's basically qualify for the set championships, which you do through arena play, through magic online play, uh should be through some Store events and things like that uh, this year or next year. Play in those set championships and do really well in the set championships, and then you you will make your way to worlds or be really consistent throughout the year, so you end up with a ton of the points, and then you'll get your
1: your chance to worlds. So yeah, makes sense. It's it's, it's almost like qualifying for the Magic Beans Invitational. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> it's except except we, we don't have thirty two players. We're at twelve. We've got just so, as much you know.
0: prestige, though, Cracker. That's uh, We
1: do. We're, we're definitely
0: Magic Beans Invitational Champion. The trophy, posted it up picture of that the other day. Yep. And the, and looks the sweet, sweet, sweet playmats that uh, the players are getting this time. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the same as being the uh, the Magic World Championship uh, in my books. Well,
1: uh, hey, at least we're pretty clear with our OP structure for the next 12 months. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no surprises. The,
0: the, the only thing that changes with ours is the prizes increase over time. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Rather <laughs> we, than being, we need being to do a cut cut switch, at the last man. minute. We need to be yeah. like, oh,
1: it's a million dollar prize. Well, oh, sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, one thing I do like with that is going to 32 players. I, I find those 16 player tournaments just really weird. Like the you end up playing the same people multiple times. And I know there was a few weird situations in The World's Just Gone where like one player got paired against the same person three times playing the same deck knowing that that matchup was like a – you know, no chance to win, like ten percent chance to win that that uh, that match sort of thing, and just being mm-hmm. paired against the same person, just going, okay, well, this is a loss, and then you know, two rounds later, oh, I'm paired against that guy again. Okay, yep, this is another loss, and and then at third time, oh yeah, okay, cool, <laughs> awesome. Nice. So th- having thirty-two players reduces that a little bit and gives you a bit more variety in the decks played and and all that sort
1: of stuff. So yeah, yeah I, w- I, I was going like to say that. that you end up with a little bit more. Chance for, like, the the 16-person tournaments are so weird in terms of the, the metagaming that goes on and, like, the leveling that people have to try and do. With 32 players, there'll be some of that, but you can't get away with it to the same degree. You can't just go, yeah well, I know I'm playing every person at least once, and I know that, like, you know, PV is going to be on control or something like that. Like, you can't just pin, you know, certain percentages down. So, yeah uh, yeah, I think that's cool. Yep. Yeah, very good. All right, so no announcement on formats
0: or anything like that. We'll, we'll find all yep, that stuff out no next idea. year, and, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that when it comes out, or, or probably you know the week before it actually happens. So, by the way, that's about all we know for organized play for next year, and I probably wouldn't be expecting much more than that. I, I would assume towards the end of next year we will get an announcement on what the future of actual organized play is is going to look like. Yeah. But it's unlikely that we'll hear anything before that. So, but yeah, you I never I know. The sort of mid,
1: yeah. Well, m- mid year is, is probably when I think we'll start to get some some ideas and hints about things. You know, we've got the MTG um, Vegas is open, is happening this weekend in the States, yep. which is like the first yep. kind of huge scale um, in person magic event yeah, in f- the last f-
0: effectively a GP. 18 months. Yeah, basically.
1: Yep. Um, so, I guess we will we'll see how that goes and then, you know, that they'll start to make some decisions but we we already knew that you know like next year is pretty much a write off as far as any sort of organised play goes. While well, they they kind of reset again. Yep, absolutely.
0: All right, cool. So uh, something else that I heard about on a podcast this week, and uh, someone asked a question about in a, in our Discord actually, but uh, not th- something we would normally talk much about, but is pretty cool and, and something we wanted to mention uh, is actually. Things going on on Magic Online, which is that mm. program from the nineteen nineties that some people still play. Not, not me. Yeah, uh, in case, in case you can't tell, I'm not the biggest fan of Magic Online. Uh, but I know I, Chewy I had, still still plays it on occasion.
1: <laughs> he does. Yeah. Look, we whenever there's vintage cube, we try and get on and stream it. You know, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. good for that. But um, yep. it is Magic the XL document. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, look, it, like Magic Online, as much as I, you know,
0: rag on it, it it is what it's meant to be. It, it is a digital it, version absolutely. of Magic. 100% digital yep. copy of Magic. And so, uh, you know, Magic purists and, and whatever, that's why they love love Magic Online, because it is 100% a digital representation of what you're doing playing Paper Magic. So, yep, 100% agree with that. No No problem with that. I'm just... Too used to having nice graphics, and I, I like animations, and I like things <laughs> being quick and your easy to play and stuff
1: like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And so, like, I just can't, I just can't bring myself to play it. So, uh, but plenty of people love it, and it's it's a program that works. Every now and then, there's weird bugs. I think there's actually a weird bug at the moment with Yorgmoth, where his ability is meant to be used you, you sack another creature, and I think at the mm. moment it is it allows you to sack himself, which it's. Is not quite right, but uh, every now and then you get weird bugs like that. But, uh, yeah, it's a serviceable program that plenty of people still use and uh, will probably still be around for a while. Anyway, that was enough about talking about what Magic Online is. What we want to talk about is there's a thing going on at the moment uh, which is part of Eternal Weekend. So, I believe over the last few years, or maybe not last year, but they've run in-person Eternal Weekend events like uh you know there'd be a gp that was Mm labeled as eternal weekend and so by eternal weekend they mean the eternal formats so legacy vintage commander those those sorts of eternal formats if you want to know about what an eternal format is we have a evergreen episode talking about i think it was you and me that recorded that one it was yeah yeah um yeah we talked we talked about all the formats so uh yeah go go back and find that. Can't tell you what what episode number it is, but it's it's back there somewhere. Go just you just have to go back to episode 1 and just
1: re-listen to them all until you find uh the <laughs> the one on the format. When you get there, shoot us a message and we'll um yep, we'll note yep. it down. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, so they're currently running Eternal Weekend on uh Magic Online at the moment. So there's going to be some legacy and vintage events. But the big thing we sort of wanted to talk about with that is Registration for it is open now it opened a few days ago it costs 25 dollars US which is about 35 Australian per event uh, that you want to enter but the big kicker with this is as soon as you register for one event you buy the the token i think it is on on magic online the the entry token you log out or you close down magic online and you open it back up again and when you open it back up you're going to have a fully stocked account which gives yeah. you access it it says access to almost every card i don't quite know what that that means but you should be able to build whatever you want on magic online mm-hmm. so i guess sort of the, the main thing to sort of point out with this is this is a perfect opportunity to jump on and just play whatever you want because <laughs> mm-hmm. magic online is uh it has its own economy uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to buy a deck on uh, on Magic Online, Cracker, but uh, no, I have not. There's a, there's a bit of a process. Uh, it's it's different to to Arena. You don't have wild cards, but you do have tickets. That's that's the pr- the prime economy on uh, on Magic Online, mm-hmm. uh, and tickets are meant to be. I think it's like a dollar US for a, for a ticket if you just sort of straight buy them, but. Magic Online has uh, a trading economy, so you can trade cards between players, and so with that comes the ability to have stores selling cards. So you can jump onto—I can't even remember any of the websites, but if you just Google Magic oh, Online card hoarder and mana traders, yeah, yep, yep, those sorts of things. You can add card cards to your cart like you would for physical magic cards and then pay for them online and then you jump on magic online and a bot sends you a message and you accept a trade and they give you all the cards whatever so it has a actual money economy that's sort of tied into magic online but mm-hmm. the prices can get all out of whack <laughs> for magic online yep. stuff i'm pretty sure at the moment i heard someone saying the other day uh, to fairy time ravely one of your favorite cards ever cracker is like mm. 100 hundred tickets on Magic Online for a rare from a recent standard set, yeah. is like a, which is basically 100 bucks per, per card sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So th- the economy gets a little bit out of whack every now and then, which has led to the rise of uh, companies like Mana Traders, who are yeah. loan companies. So you pay a fee and they give you access to... X amount of tickets worth of cards per per month, or however long you've got your subscription going for, and then you, you know, you can effectively borrow the cards from them and then and then return them and then get different cards that sort of thing. So, from what I understand, the the loan, the cost of the loan is normally around like twenty
1: to thirty bucks US per month. Yeah, you can have different subscription levels, so you can you can yeah, pay up yeah. to like sixty or eighty bucks or something like that. I think for kind of the the in theory unlimited ones, but yeah, yeah. So, for $25 for an entry fee,
0: you can ignore the uh, the subscription services and, uh, yeah, basically just have a all-access subscription service and play whatever you want. So, yeah, perfect opportunity to jump on if you've never played Legacy, if you've never played, you know, Modern, Pioneer, Vintage, any of that stuff. The entry token will get you into the event. Whether you play it or not, you still have access to all those cards on your account for... Uh, for that period, so yeah, you can you can play in other events. You can play in the casual casual queues. You can play, you know, whatever you want. I'm just having a quick mm-hmm. look at like MTG Goldfish at sort of the prices of some of these these
1: decks. Yeah, and so I, I just had a look at one. There, there's, yeah. a, there's a <laughs> <laughs> there's a vintage Jeskai control list, and uh, and the the tabletop price of it is uh, sixty four thousand seven hundred and twenty nine dollars and fifty cents. That's that's cheap uh, be, because it, it plays Black Lotus. Which yep. in person they've got as twenty six thousand dollars on Magic Online, thirteen fifty two ticks, as yep. in yep. thirteen ticks, not thirteen hundred or anything like that. So, but it's still it's still five hundred so bucks to buy. Thirteen ticks on, on, for a lotus, <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, wow. So okay, yeah, so like ragavan is like sixty five ticks.
0: Yep. And yeah, so uh, I'm looking at, so yeah. like looking at at Legacy like is it Delver, which is one of the most popular decks in Legacy, is like four yeah. and a half grand. US in, in tabletop, yep. in Magic Online, it's around 900 tickets. So it's it would still <laughs> be, if you were, if you jumped on Magic Online to purchase that deck, you're still looking at around 900 bucks to, yep. to purchase that deck. So being able to pay that $25 to get the token, get access to all the cards, that seems like an absolute bargain to me. If, if I wasn't so busy with, uh, like, Envy Prep and all that sort of stuff, and I could bring myself to reinstall Magic Online, I'd be keen to, uh, to <laughs> give it that a go. It, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Magic Online still has a thing where you can't even play anything without paying $10 like, to, to get your account Correct. up and running. Yeah, you, or... you have to sign
1: up to... to yeah, yeah, it costs 10 bucks to actually get an account. <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. You get a free draft.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've... <laughs> um, um, We've definitely played. Uh, no, I mean we played. We played a little bit of Legacy. Uh, yeah. We, we're certainly by no means aficionados.
1: You're a uh, a fan of the old reanimator strategy in in Legacy. I am. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe. And you know, I'm, I'm a member of a a Facebook group about that. And you know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> you know, I like to sort of see what's going. Legacy is sweet. Like, yeah. I think that if you haven't played it, there's a misconception about like how quick the games Every, everyone are. Everyone dies on turn one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Like, you can you can definitely win on turn one and two, but it, the games are really long, but the, the number of turns is really short. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. That's a yeah, <laughs> very very good way to describe it.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's really, really decision intensive and, you know, like, very, very cool, very powerful, but, you know, also very inaccessible for everyone. Basically everyone. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, much. and and vintage is just on a whole nother level. Like yeah, look looking at yeah, the that. most popular uh, deck on the vintage meta game on MTG Goldfish is blue tinker and it's 88 grand in, <laughs> in, in paper. So, sure, why not? <laughs> uh yeah, I don't don't think uh, don't think we can afford that. But we have played vintage mm. cube, which we did play we uh, have. recently. Uh Polywaffle has a, a vintage cube. And uh, yeah, so we've certainly played some of the cards in there, and, and yeah, exactly like you said, like the you're playing with super powerful cards, and yes, th- you can do some really broken stuff, but there's also really good interaction in those formats, and that's yeah, that's what yeah, makes you've got those formats really really good. powerful
1: threats and really powerful answers, right?
0: Yep, exactly. So yes, the turn you might only play three or four turns of the game, but there's been you know tons of interaction on the stack and and all that sort of thing as you've played those few turns, so. Yeah, they're they're intimidating formats in terms of you know the power level of the cards, but and also obviously the the entry to ba- uh, barrier to entry with the the cost of the cards. But once you can wrap your head around that, I think they're really rewarding formats to um, to actually play in. So we so need, are not going to give you any sort of advice. And, and give it a go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, just so like to sort of I guess put a bow on the actual event, if you do want to play mm-hmm. in the events, there are three legacy events that are being held this weekend uh, at various times, so you can sort of find find something that you might want to play that's in your time zone, and then next weekend, there'll be three vintage events. So, yep. yeah, I, I would suggest... Definitely, if, if you're already on Magic Online, you should definitely buy one of these entry tokens and just enjoy playing two weeks of, uh, of Modern. Uh, you have access to the cards all the way up till the 1st of December. So what's that, two and a half weeks you, you get access to the cards mm-hmm. for? And yeah, just play whatever you want. Play Paw- uh, Pioneer. I was going to say play Pauper, but that's actually cheap on, <laughs> on Magic Online. Yeah. Uh, play, play Pioneer, play some Modern, play some Legacy, play some Vintage. And uh, yeah, just enjoy having access to cards. It's, it's almost like having a, uh, you know, a personal polywaffle just you know, on your on your Magic Online account when you, you can go, oh, I want to play this deck, and, and Chris just goes, yeah, yeah, I've got those cards. That's that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it works for us. We don't don't have our own almost. collections anymore. <laughs> so yeah, neither of us are experts in Legacy or Vintage, but Cracker, I'm gonna make I'm gonna mm. make you uh, give people some some ideas let's let's just have a look at the legacy meta game on, on goldfish what all right i mean i know you would be playing reanimator 100 yeah yeah definitely is that your recommendation you you should be telling everyone yep yeah, 100 lock lock in reanimator what why is <sighs> why is reanimator
1: so much fun and and so people should be playing it reanimator is a lot of fun for a couple of reasons one you get to do stupid broken things and two it's complicated but not as complex as others so, like, it's it's usually black-red, so you're not trying to work out what things you need to counterspell. The The most difficult card to play with, and, and you're seeing less of it now, is Cabal Therapy. So, a lot of people are just playing either Thought Seizes or Grief instead to kind of strip your opponent's hand. And the idea is to just, like, reanimate Gristlebrand, draw a bunch of cards, <laughs> strip all the cards out of your <laughs> opponent's hand, and then just dead them. Like, yep. it's- it's, it's quite linear in, in what it's doing. So, you know, like, if you're into, like you, shorty, like Delver decks, they're incredibly complicated. Like, knowing when to brainstorm and knowing when to, you know, like- Knowing
0: how to brainstorm. You know,
1: <laughs> wasteland people. And, yeah, just like, you know, the, the stuff that you have to do, like when to use your force of wills. And, like, you know, like, you, you are much more reliant on understanding the metagame as a whole than what other decks are trying to do. Like- is this storm deck set up to go off next turn or is it the turn after? Is it Tess or is it Ant Storm? Because there's a difference apparently. Um, so, you know, like, whereas reanimator's has kind of got a game plan and it's just like, look at your opponent's hand, take the best thing, win. Yeah. Take, take their like. graveyard, hate. Correct. <laughs> and Cry when they yep. play Leyline on turn zero in game <laughs> two and <laughs> scoop yep. it up and hope they don't have it in game three. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I, I have lived the dream of of turn one Gristlebrand multiple times, and it it feels pretty amazing. Yeah, and yeah. you just get to draw a million cards, so pretty much <laughs> it's a good fun. And then and then they're like, I'm going to swords your Gristlebrand, and you're like, yeah. In response, I'll draw seven more cards before I gain seven life. Yep. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I would, would
0: be play? I would be playing Delva just just because. As you said, I, I like it decks and I like Delver. Although, like looking at the lists now, uh, this is <laughs> they're not really they Delver decks anymore. Yeah, this, no, this list don't. has two Delvers, and then we've got a whole bunch of Modern Horizons cards. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just four the Modern Dragons rage on steroids. Yeah, you've got four Dragons Rage channeler, four Ragavans, four Murktide Regents, and then you've got a bunch of other cards, including like four Expressive Iterations. That's how it shows mm-hmm. how strong that card is. Yeah, and then it's just souped up with you know Force of Wills and and Ponders and uh, yeah Brainstorms and Dazers and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'd be very interested in playing this deck. It's yeah, it's still called Delva because it's running two Delva, but uh, yeah, I think really they're uh, Ragavan decks these days. So yeah, Yeah. that that would be uh, that would be my pick. What about uh, vintage? If you if you had just a lazy you know hundred grand lying around and you could just drop it on a deck. Yeah, what what are you playing?
1: Do we have Reanimator in vintage? Not I'm really. There's there's no. some sort of. I mean there's Dredge. Yeah, okay. Yep. Is is kind of the, the main thing. Um I mean shops always seems pretty powerful. Actually I love the um <laughs> there's no way I could play it to any level of success at all. But the um paradoxical outcome decks. Oh like yeah. Like I've yep. watched lsv play them and stuff like that and they make it look really easy but they're literally just like, <laughs> lsv makes most things look easy i mean that is true <laughs> that is very true it, you're just playing like stacks and stacks of cheap like artifacts and spells and things and then just paradoxical outcome draw them all and you know eventually you, you just find a win <laughs> <These laughs> it's a hilarious man like you i'm looking through it and i'm like okay there's a win condition in yeah, where's, here somewhere. Where's the win condition? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we'll find it. Yeah, but you yeah. know, you get to play like ancestral recall, and you know they're playing like all of the broken things, like rubies and sapphires, and you know, literally like all of the all of the jewels. You know, like yeah. Yeah, just just power and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's probably what I would play because that just you draw a million cards, man. Like how can that not be the best thing to do? Yep, fair enough.
0: About, I'm just, I'm just looking at the list and, it, yeah, it's like all the power, but we've got yeah. three Mox Opals. Let's, let's just put those in because they're a little bit cheaper. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but they're, they're also not restricted. so They're a lot vintage, cheaper now. <laughs> vintage vintage <laughs> does have, oh, yeah, uh, sick, sick birds. <laughs> uh, I have no idea about uh, about Vintage and, and what what is yeah. good, but I'm looking at this uh, screen here and mm-hmm. there is a deck called... That, that has a picture of one of my favorite cards on it blue control and the first first mm. card listed is thing in the ice so uh there's only one of them i don't know why that is the picture of the the deck but yeah go, gotta stick with the blue red stuff and uh yeah it's, it's yeah, just s- s- souped up uh but yeah we wouldn't have a clue Vin- vintage is just so far beyond me every time we we draft chris's cube it's like i i don't even know like i know there's stuff in here that Combos together and and cool decks you can set up and whatever, and then people Mm -hmm. just keep passing me red cards, so I just I just have to take them. That's that's how it goes. (laughs) last time, last time I drafted Esper, Esper Control, you
1: did, and and you, I I, I I drafted like Mono Black (laughs) Reanimator, yes, (laughs) (laughs) and you swept me multiple times and then stole my own creature and killed me with it. Yes, yes, that was was good fun actually. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good game. (laughs)
0: Okay, so that's uh, vintage and legacy. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend getting that uh, getting that twenty five dollar token. Make the most of it. Spend two and a half weeks playing some Magic online, and um, yeah, enjoy the the formats that you don't normally get to play. So uh, I do know of twelve people. That should not be doing that because they should mm. definitely be focused on the thing we're going to talk about next, which is standard. And uh, those twelve people are our our envy players. They uh, they do need to focus on some standard at the moment. They'll be playing that next weekend. But we had a couple of tournaments that gave us our first look at uh, at standard to sort of see how much of an effect Crimson Vow has actually had. So the first tournament we saw was was Crokey's ran uh, ran the tournament that he was meant to run. What was that, a couple of months ago on...
1: Yeah, no, it was for for (laughs) the Midnight right? Like he was trying to do it (laughs) the the first week of that set. Yep. And uh, where was this tournament run? This one was run on MTG Melee this time. (laughs) It was (laughs) not (laughs) Matcherino. He wasn't making that mistake again. No. So
0: uh, I'm not... I, I don't have the full details on the tournament. I know a few people in our Discord played in it. There was 356 people that registered, but for some reason, 100 people got round one buys to bring it down to 256 people so i don't really know how the the structure was set up but uh i think first impressions was oh the metagame's is totally different so do you want to run us through what we saw in in terms of the metagame for that one
1: yeah so uh, i don't know if totally different is accurate well (laughs) as in if if people were people were
0: expecting that epiphany decks are still top top deck number one epiphany needs to be banned that sort of thing
1: yeah, no, that's true. So looking at the like the metagame as far as percentage goes, it was like mono white aggro, mono green aggro, is it dragons, and then Demir Control, Raktors Vampires, and then Is it control and everything kind of drops off pretty hard after that. So yeah, mm, yeah mono white aggro was was definitely the most represented. It was like fifty 57- seven decks so like just over 16 percent of the field and then mono green was just over 12 12 and a half percent of the field and then you know like everything's single digits from there on out so yeah I mean like we were saying Chewy and I were saying last week you know Epiphany has got a, a real target on it and we we thought that maybe you were going to get the tools you needed to fight it and I don't know whether people are just sick of it or they haven't worked out the best build for it. Like, you know this, shorty, like, a great extent to do really well in early formats because yeah. threats are better than answers until you yep, know what exactly. the right answers are. Yep. So, you know, it, it doesn't- I don't think it surprises any of us to see, you know, mono white and mono green sitting up top. You know, Thalia was obviously a pretty big pickup. There's been a couple of other really good, um, you know, like Stonebinders Familiar and a couple of other things that have have come for, you know, recent sets for mono white and, you know, it didn't get any worse. So, yeah. I think that, you know, that, that was expected. Yep. Yeah, and-, and What do you think?
0: It's, it's, what's, it's hard to tell, like, this tournament was literally, like, a, a day or two after release sort of thing. So, yeah. is it just people going, all right, let's play new decks or we're sick of playing Epiphany decks, we want to try something different or, um, yeah, it, it could have just been people loading up on Thalia's because Thalia does have a, a, a big effect on- on the epiphany decks and so people went okay well everyone's going to be playing thali I won't bother playing epiphany it's it's hard to know and and with these sorts of i guess like casual is a, a, i guess a way to put these tournaments they're mm-hmm. not they're not usually being played by the what we would term pro players you know your MPL players and and those sorts of no, things by it, grinders, it's, right it's, yeah yeah and and so you never quite know what is actually good and what he's not so I I was pretty surprised to not see like going down through that list there's mm. basically no epiphany <laughs> like at, at all like there's is it dragons and uh oh sorry yeah is is it dragons and is it control which are not uh and not epiphany decks I don't even think the are they yeah the dragons deck is is running on Aaron's epiphany but it's not running the uh the Galvanic iteration and, and that sort of thing yep. where it's it's all about taking the extra turns. So yeah, interesting to see. But yeah, Mono White is definitely got a few extra tools. Mono Green has picked up uh, a couple of extra creatures. So and and exactly like you said, Cracker, the uh, the early weeks of a format is tends to be aggro decks. Uh, I would prefer if one of those aggro decks was Mono Red, but uh, I still don't think that deck's quite good enough.
1: <laughs> no still, no, still missing instant. a few uh, few cards needs needs more one drops
0: yeah so we'll see how that sort of shakes out going forward it, it was cool to see a few spicy decks sort of up up towards the top i mean the the deck that took it down was aws uh, of control so mm-hmm. uh, we've got eye twitchers shambling ghasts professors in Biologies, felstingers and then running four of uh, edgar the uh, the mm-hmm. uh, charmed, charmed room Mm. Mm. So well, Fel- uh, Felsting is an empire as well. No, oh, it is too. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah. That, that's one of the new ones we were talking about being. Yeah, really good for exploiting and also just uh, you know a really good aggressive body and, and a defensive yeah. one if you need it as well. So yeah, I, I really I, I, this looks cool. I, I like seeing new cards. I think that's and and that's kind of I think what everyone's wanting to try in these events. You know, like you said, that's it's kind of a free roll you know yep. you just you might as well try what you can and hopefully score some gems and things so
0: yeah exactly but sort of looking at that list like it's running infernal grasps vanishing verse blood on the snow and Meat Hook massacre all in the main deck so mm-hmm. if we look at that that meta game that we saw you know the the two highest percentage decks mono white aggro and mono green aggro Yep, all of those cards do a very good job of <laughs> cleaning up the board. And then, you, yeah, you're just, you know, slowly winning the game with Lolz and, and Edgars and, and things like that. So I can see why it uh, it performed well in the the metagame that ended up shaking out uh, for that tournament. So, um, yeah, a couple of other random, you know, Selesnya humans and Demir controls and Jun treasures and Boris aggros and some vampires here and there. So, yeah, good good mix of stuff.
1: I'm glad to see vampires getting a bit of a run as well. That that's yeah. really nice to see that, you know, it it happens so often with tribal sets or, you know, synergy based things that they just miss a couple of pieces. And and this still might, you know, like it it might not be quite good enough, but it feels like it's pretty close. So, it's it's nice to see that, you know, you you get a chance. And and vampires tend to be, you know, across a, a lot of planes, obviously they're condensed here, but yeah, it's it's good that you know there's something there for sure. Yep, definitely. All right, so that yeah,
0: that was sort of the first tournament that we had with New Standard, and then we had one I think the following day, which was uh, a Hooglandia Open. So uh, Jeff Hoogland, who runs a runs a, a tour, ta- I don't know if it's actually a tournament series like we do, but he runs a lot of one off events and things like that. Uh, he, yeah, he's sponsored by cool, cool Stuff Inc. and and a couple of other people. So does well for himself. Uh, I think he think he's. Uh, earns decent money from the uh, all the leaks that we saw from twitch <laughs> recently mm-hmm. so doing all right for himself but yeah run, runs a good show uh puts on his own coverage does you know uh, what, what what we do uh not probably not quite to the uh, the level of coverage that we have uh he could certainly learn a few things from the magic beans but pretty pretty good coverage and and doing well you know sort of just doing what we've done with all of our remote tournaments where it's just you know me sitting at home pushing buttons and, and things like mm-hmm. that so um but he's he's also usually on the commentary as well so does a good job but, yeah, a little bit of a different metagame on that one. So, do you want to run us through what we've got there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, much smaller. I can't remember if you just said the uh, number. Se- but 78 there only 78 pe- eight people in this yep. one. So, you know, significantly smaller sample size. But um, Is It Dragons was the most represented of the decks here uh, with just over 10%. And then Orzhov Clerics, mono white aggro, Rakdos Vampires, mono green, Is It Control, mono black. And like once you're down into those, like, is it has got like three? Mono black has got three, both yeah. percentage and total decks represented. So like, is it dragons is the most, but there's still only eight people playing that. So yeah, with with seventy eight players, it's not a not a huge meta game. No, uh, and this one was taken down by is it If Epif- is it epiphany?
0: Yes, and uh, so this is the galvanic iteration version. Mm-hmm. copying all the things no no creatures in the uh in the main deck just all spells <laughs> got the yep. the small smoldering eggs and a couple of leers in the in the sideboard and uh a card we'll probably talk about soon is the hole breaker horror uh but mm-hmm. uh yeah this this was the big bad that probably everybody was thinking uh, we were going to see a whole lot more of and uh yep yeah, turns out it's still a good deck went went 10 and 1 in in this tournament so did very very well the deck that came second, you want to tell everyone about that? Uh, like, you know, if, if people aren't sick of people taking <sighs> extra turns, they're definitely going to love that the deck <laughs> that came second is, is even we, we better.
1: chatting about this before, and I was like, oh, Azorius combo, what's that? And we're like, okay, it's got uh, Skyclave Apparitions, and then, like, geez, a lot of spells. Oh, it's a Book of Exalted Deeds deck. Yay. <laughs> so, you get to activate your Faceless Haven, turn it into an Angel, Whack a book of exalted deeds on there, and you can't lose the game anymore. Yeah, seems fun. Yeah, I yeah, imagine fun. this deck mostly wins by concession. <laughs> from your opponent, who just has better Bored things them. to do with their life, <laughs> either that or just timing out. Like I would just, if I saw that, I would just go, "Cool, have fun," and I would leave arena and go make a coffee, play with my kids for a bit, and
0: come <laughs> back yeah.
1: later.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, arena like yeah. once you've. Had your t- you run through all your timeouts and you've skipped a turn at uh, a turn or two, it just makes you lose. So, uh, yeah, it does. You can't sit there forever, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, Faceless Haven, uh, Book of the Exalted Deeds combo is not, not something we really want to be a high metagame percentage. I hope it doesn't become that because, yeah, once that, uh, once that Faceless Haven is no longer a creature, really the
1: only way to interact with it is, through uh, Field of Ruin, so. Mm-hmm. Which people aren't playing because the mana bases are pretty greedy these days.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know if
1: the, um like, the Mono Greens and Mono Whites
0: have been playing uh, been Well, they're mostly playing, playing for- Faceless
1: Havens and things, right? They're all, like, yeah. snow mana bases. So, that- so like, they could, but I, I yep. don't, A- until the- if this picks up, then you'll see it shift to to putting those in. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we're not really seeing yeah. it. Yeah
0: yeah just sort of looking at the list it looks like the the decks that are running the snow mana bases are not not running uh Field of ruins because yeah obviously you want to maximize on your your snow land so that you can play your faceless havens uh mm-hmm. the deck that won the is it epiphany deck is running two uh Field of ruins but uh yeah mm-hmm. not too many others getting around i mean i i don't see this becoming a big part of the metagame and it's not Looking at the the metagame breakdown, it's it's certainly not <laughs> well represented. I think. There might even only be one of them. I'm not. Uh, I can't even find it on the list. Uh, so yeah, ho- yeah, hopefully it's not not going to be anything big. But um, yeah, still plenty of visit getting around. Plenty of uh, dragons versions, uh, epiphany versions, or control versions. You know, you, you lump all them together, and that's quite a big metagame share. But I think the card. Uh, there is a new card that people are not super happy about, which you picked, Cracker? I, I did. Which one uh, which ones? I that? Did. I
1: did. I talked about it last week, is the Holebreaker Horror, which when I was editing the podcast, I realised later on I called it the wrong thing like two or three times. <laughs> but <laughs> everyone, everyone knew what I was talking about. I got it confused with the exploit counter spell and stuff. But the Holebreaker Horror is the um, seven mana, seven eight, so five blue, blue. For the flash, spell can't be counted. Whenever you cast a spell, choose things. You get to bounce spells or bounce- non-land permanence, it's real good. You, you just put <laughs> cards back in your opponent's hand. At like yeah, you you just kill them with a seven eight.
0: Yeah, like that size so, body yeah. is is also really massive, really hard to deal with. Like the Hall of the Storm Giants, which is a uh, you know often a win condition in in the blue decks, is a seven mm. seven. So it trades profitably with with that. Uh, you know you, you don't don't lose your whole breaker horror. Not being able to be counted means you know you can you can hold up your your seven mana, uh, you can like do it cast at end of turn, you can uh, hold up Holebreaker horror or unexpected windfall things like that, um, uh, you know, give gives you plenty of options, and then you can just flash it down, can't be counted, and once it's on on the field, from what I'm hearing, once it's on the field, it's pretty tough to deal with. The
1: f- yeah, the fact that bounces itself, I think, is is the biggest yeah yep yep the yeah, biggest target, thing target about target it,
0: it, it's 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 not yeah, you land target permanent. it you, and just,
1: yeah you don't control it's just
0: target non-land permanent to its owner's hand so you can protect it by bouncing it to to your hand but mm-hmm. yeah just being able to go like you know fading hope bounce one of your creatures and also bounce one of your other creatures or you you know you just cast uh you know you cast an, uh, an epiphany well i'm just going to consider and I'm going to return that epiphany back to your hand, and I'm also going to, you know, look at the top card of my library and, and draw a card, that sort of thing. So, yeah, interesting card. Uh, it also works really well with the other card that we see quite often in the the blue red decks, which is Lear. So, uh, yes. Lear, we saw this we saw this come up in our league finals actually. I think it was where the Lear came down, and one of the lines of text on Lear is spells can't be counted. So mm-hmm. That's not just your spells, that's everybody's spells that can't be counted. So if you're playing a blue deck and you're playing, uh, you know, Saw Cummings and all those sorts of things, well, it shuts off all those cards that are in your hand, which was always a bit of a problem with Leah. Holebreaker mm-hmm. Horror doesn't care because it's not countering... The spells—it's mm-hmm. just returning them to their their owner's hand. So, yeah. this deck, like l- looking at this list, it has no counter spells. Oh, no, it's got sorry, it's got Divide by Zero, which again is not a counter spell. <laughs> it's just Correct. returning spells to, yep. to people's hands. But that's it. Uh, we've got two two tests of talents in in the sideboard and uh, and one disdainful stroke. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it. So th- those two cards work really well together if you can somehow managed to curve a Leah into a hole break of horror and then untap like your opponent's just got GG. No chance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're starting to see it in Demir shells as well, where where yeah. people are playing a lot of um like just hand disruption. So like duresses and go blanks and and just kind of leaning into to that side of thing. And then just like a bunch of removal spells, because every removal cell, like you said, is just like, hey, it's a two for one. I get to just you know counter your spell effectively, put it back in your hand, and then like kill a thing so yeah that that combination of just being able to keep playing you know spells out of your graveyard and and every spell that you cast can't be counted and then does two different things is just like well, it actually sounds like just <laughs> fun like, <laughs> I, I I just it really sounds amazing that. yeah it <laughs> yeah. really does yeah yeah it's a uh, it's right up
0: right up my alley i'm uh yeah. I'm definitely keen to uh. To give that a try, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's obviously. It, it, I mean, it seems to happen every set that comes out. There's straight away. There's a card everyone complains about, and and then before you know it, the the meta game is sort of sorted itself out, and and we're we're over it, and and it's fine. So who knows what's going to shake out? It's it's hasn't even been two weeks, I don't think, since yeah, it was literally last week the uh, the set was released. Yeah, so there's plenty of time yeah, correct, to yeah. to sort it out.
1: Uh, no, you're wrong. I, everything is broken. The world is on fire. (laughs) Magic will never recover. According to Twitter, yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh,
0: What what I'm sort of happy about is between these two tournaments, there's no clear best deck. There's a whole range of different decks that people are playing, and that sets us up in a really good position for our envy. Uh, The players have to submit their deck list by Tuesday next week. So... They're getting them in early, which means they're not going to get see a ton of metagame breakdowns and, and lists and that sort of thing. Which means we should be seeing a uh, a bit of variation in our metagame for our our envy. So pretty keen for that. Certainly makes our, our commentary a bit easier when the decks are, are new and exciting. So uh, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, most likely next week's episode will be us breaking down the the decks that we've got, and yeah, we'll we'll see what we end up with. So yeah, really uh, looking yeah.
1: forward to it. New formats are a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do us for tonight. I think we'll wrap it up there. So... Uh, just the usual housekeeping things to see us out the door Uh, if you haven't played in any of our events and you you know you're listening to us talk about these things and talk about how crazy the prizes are you're going to want to be in our discord to uh, to get in on them next year so the link for that is always in our show notes so jump in there awesome community plenty of cool people in there and yeah that's going to be the quickest and easiest way to find out about the events and uh, you know if we well I'm assuming but uh, whatever we do for our magic beans tournament series in 2022 so keep an eye out for that Uh, if you want to show us some support directly we have a merch store you can pick up t-shirts hoodies uh, mouse pads all that sort of stuff from there and uh yeah any as uh chewy likes to talk about any money that uh comes from that uh through the the merch store and you know twitch subs and all that sort of thing all of that just goes straight back into the prizes that we give out for all of our events none none of that is going into our pockets Go and show some love to our sponsors who give us most of the prizes for these events that we run, which is Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you to the Facebook group. Join up and then check out their daily auctions and let them know the beans sent you when you win something. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. And you are, Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you all next time.